Hi everybody, May 2nd, 2021. Can you believe that? May is here. Before long, half the year will be over and uh, we'll be uh, singing Christmas carols. I know that that's what happens. Hey, uh, there's something I want to talk to you about today before we go to our service. We have an opportunity uh, to uh, do some changes in the church. One of the things is replacing and getting brand new chairs. And so uh, we're, we're wanted to bring in front of you an opportunity called Adopt a Chair, Adopt a Chair. And it would give you a chance to participate in helping us to be able to bring new chairs in. You know, sometimes we don't think about it, but chairs can be pretty costly. And so uh, you can adopt a chair for $50, for $50. Now for some of you, uh, one chair is about all you can do. Maybe you can't even do that much. Maybe you can just give something towards it. And thank you so much for participating in that. For others, you might be able to do two chairs or five chairs or 10 chairs or whatever it might be. But we wanna encourage you to be a part of this and, and together uh, we will show you what they look like and you'll be able to, to partake in this even those who are watching from far away. Uh, we want to encourage you to, to, to partner with us in this. And uh, we thank you for it already before time. So it's a, adopting a chair and one chair is $50. And so if you can do that, that would help us to be able to uh, replace the chairs that uh, truly need replacing at church. So, uh, be a part, and uh, thank you for that. You can send your gifts to uh, P.O. Box 26809 Prescott Valley, Arizona, 86314, 86314. Our service today is Don't Take the Bait. It's the last message in the series. I hope you got something out of this. I know I did, but in this message today, we're going to talk about what happens when the bait is big. I'm not talking about somebody cuts you off on the freeway or somebody says a little something you don't like. I'm talking about those big, big, uh, big offenses that enter your life that's in your face. You can't go around it. You can't rise above it and step over it because it's just on you and you've taken the bait and you just don't know where to turn because you can't let go of this thing. Uh, I, I hope you uh, stay with us and watch that today. We want to thank you for being a part with us and uh, thank you for in advance for adopting a, a chair. Well, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4. We are in part 4, the last message in this series titled, Don't Take the Bait. Don't Take the Bait. Uh, as, as I was thinking about this series, I'm thinking, man, over this last year, year and a half, we have all had plenty of opportunities to get offended. I mean, offended by one thing or another. Uh, and we have a choice that we have to make. I mean, I'm not talking about the the kind of offenses that that are, are uh, it, it's the kind of thing that 
uh, we find ourselves, you flip the TV on and you're offended about something, you're driving down the road and, and someone cuts you off on the freeway and you just say, Lord, bless them when they do that to you. And, and you see that happening. Sometimes someone makes a comment at work and, and you don't like it. Uh, the small offenses we said in our series that those things are the kinds of things that you and I are supposed to rise above and step over those things. Because we, we call the offenses the bait. It's a trap. It's something that the enemy uses people, uses situation, and it's set for a purpose to hold you back from going where God wants to take you or even worse yet, to take you out completely. See, uh, the bait is, was defined this way in the Bible. There, there was this word that when you look it up, Jesus uses, and it's called scandalon, scandalon. And here's what that word means. An offense is the trait that triggers the trap. That's hard to say. The, tr the, the, the bait that triggers the trap to close on you, to cage you, or to destroy you. Here's what we've learned in our series. The moment you and I take the bait, it opens the door and it allows bitterness to seek its fangs in our hearts. Bitterness will absolutely destroy us if we allow it to if we allow it to sink itself in. The Mayo Clinic said that, it said this about bitterness. It said, letting go of grudges and bitterness can make, make way for improved health and peace of mind. Can you believe that? If we can let go of grudges and bitterness, it will make a healthier body. It, it remo removing bitterness, here's what it continues to say in the Mayo Clinic, uh, healthier relationships, improved mental health, less anxiety, stress, and hostility. We need some of that, don't we, in our world today? Less hostility. Lower blood pressure, fewer symptoms of depression, a stronger immune system, improves heart health, and improves self-esteem. So what are the effects of holding on to bitterness? See, if you're not able to remove the bitterness, here's what you might face. Bring anger and bitterness into every relationship and new experience. You can become so wrapped up in the wrong, you can't enjoy the present. You can become depressed and anxious. You can feel that your life lacks meaning and purpose, or that your odds are that you would have some spiritual attack that will prevent you from moving forward with God. See, when I read that, I think, Man, bitterness is the root of a lot of problems. I mean, a lot of issues. People face this, and they don't realize 
this bitterness that I'm hanging on to is making me sick. Can you believe that? You see, the truth of the matter is that's, that's what it is. And I read that and I think about, man, as a pastor, what have I seen over the years with bitterness? And here's what I can tell you, that it has affected some uh, marital, it's created some marital issues in people's lives. It's created some family issues in people's lives. Issues in their career, people have had issues because of bitterness, mental health issues, and even these physical issues. Well, in the series, we're talking about this bitterness, like I said, but now I wanna turn our attention to something a little bit more than that. We've been looking at these little things that make us bitter. But what happens, what happens when it's a full-blown offense? I'm talking now about the offenses that people deal with that's in your face every time you think about it. You go to bed and you can't sleep because this is on your mind. You find yourself walking around and people say something that keys into what you're dealing with and you fly off the handle, you go nuclear, or if you don't do that, you hold it in and you walk away and then you ignore and hide and all of the stuff we talked about last week. So what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do when you find yourself in the bitter place that is trying to destroy you? And don't make a mistake, it's trying to destroy you. What are you supposed to do? Jesus talked about this. Thank goodness that today when I'm speaking, I'm gonna say some things that are said by famous hospitals and famous people, but here are the ones, the things I want you to key on. The things that are said by Jesus. Those are the things I want you to remember. Here's what it says in Ephesians 4, 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of, of malice. Jesus said, get rid of all bitterness. Why? Because bitterness will destroy you. It will. And these offenses that we're talking about today are not the small offenses that you and I are supposed to just rise above, walk over, step over, step around, just let that go because it's not worth anything. We're talking about the things that are big, the things that are huge. Here's what I'm talking about as an example. If you're watching from home, say your spouse had an affair on you. It's big. And it's something that's in the back of your mind. What do you do if a trusted friend betrays you? Someone that you would tell anything to and you find out they're telling everyone else. What does a person do when they've been sexually abused or physically abused and people that have been through that sometimes had that happen to them when they were a little child? 
what do you do? How do you rise above that? How do you walk around that? What do you do with an offense that even if you were to ask the person to take it back, they never can take it back? Because what is, uh, Joel Osteen says this, I love this. He says, you can't unscramble eggs. What's done is done sometimes. And you can't take it back, right? It's done. What do you do then? How does someone give you back your childhood? How does someone give you back your career or your trust? How does someone give you back your innocence? Well, that's the topic for today. Because here's what I'm going to tell you. God wants you to give up on the offense. Put it behind you and move forward. He wants you to do that. Today he's going to show us how we do it with this type of offense that, frankly, you just can't get out of your mind. See, when you get offended, the bitterness and the offense holds us back from living the life God has for us, and it has that ability to destroy you. Here's what we know, and we've said this already, but I'm going to say it probably two more times today because I want you to really get it. God's plan for you and me are so big that we have to figure out how to break free of the trap that holds us back from being and doing what God has intended for us to be and do. So here's the question as we start. How long do you want to stay in the trap? How much longer do you want to hold on to something that's holding on to you? Let me ask you something. When you have been caught in a trap of an offense, Who's caught in that trap? Is it the person who offended you or is it you? The answer is, it's you. In fact, sometimes, believe it or not, people who have offended us, they just go about it. They just, they just go on. We carry it around with us. We're stuck. We're hooked in bitterness and they're just going on with their lives. You see, when you find yourself dealing with these big traps, we have to be able to get out of it. And you say, I know, Andy, I know, but here's the truth. I can't shake it. I can't just step over it. It's too big. It seems impossible to walk around. And most people want to be able to get this bitterness out of their lives. They do. But here's the problem. They feel stuck. Have you ever felt stuck? You ever felt like, this is too big. This problem is too big. Well, the good news is that Jesus today is going to tell us how to get rid, rid of this type of offense in our lives once and for all.
We read the first part of it in Ephesians. I want to I read that again um, so that you can see that. It's Ephesians 4.31. Here's what it says. Get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of it. Rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. And here's the answer to how you do it. Are you ready? Here it is. It comes to us in verse 32. Forgiving each other, just as Christ, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Listen, the answer I'm going to give you today is one that you may not want to hear. If you're at home, you can turn the volume down, but the words will be written underneath me, so you can't get away from it. Here's what it is. Forgiveness is the answer to moving beyond the big offenses in your life. Forgiveness. Now let's be honest. Some people who are watching from home, and maybe you sitting here, you're thinking, come on Andy, you can do better than that. What is my second choice? How else can I get rid of the bitterness in my life? Because forgiveness is probably not something that I'm interested in doing right now. But yet, here's the deal. I've got this, and I've tried all different things, and nothing works. And I'm watching you, I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking you're going to tell me something really spectacular, and here it is. Forgiveness is the only thing that's going to remove the bitterness that haunts you. Now, if our message today is, is anything, it's going to be about forgiveness, so be ready. Be used to me saying that. But if I was to say to you, um, revenge is the key to unlock you from the trap, uh, most of the people would say, hey, we got to watch this guy more often. Or, hey, i got to get to church more often because I like that. I like the idea of forgiveness, uh, not forgiveness, revenge being the key because I want to get back at this person. We love revenge. Now, I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but do you know there's a lot of movies out there, just because you know, I'm sitting down in my opinions there, uh, there's a lot of movies out there and they're all based on revenge. I love revenge movies, Rambo and those different movies. In fact, one of my favorite movies is The Karate Kid, part one and part two. I love that movie. Sure, that, that movie comes on TV and Shirley almost starts crying because I'm watching it for about the 20th time. It comes on, this movie comes on, and it's a story about this kid, uh, uh, Daniel, Daniel Sun. And Miyagi, the guy who's the, who's the guy, say it the right way, Miyagi, right? And he, he teaches them how to not be bullied and how to, he teaches them how to fight. And this kid in the movie kicks the snot out of all the people who were coming against him. I love that movie. Rocky, I love that movie. I mean, I, we love movies like that. But the truth of the matter is, Revenge is not the answer to removing the bitterness 
of offense in our lives. If I was to say ignoring, ignoring is a key that unlocks the trap of offense. You'd say, well, I, I, I would go along with you, but I watched last week's message, and if you haven't done that, you need to go back and watch that, because we talked about what it is to ignore uh, this. It, it doesn't work. It just builds up inside of you, and you find yourself battling. So it brings us back to the real answer, because the only answer to removing the bitterness out of your life is forgiveness is the key that unlocks the trap of offense. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus has been talking about forgiveness throughout the Bible. That's Jesus' key thing, forgiveness, forgiving, and all of that. And he's talking to his disciples, and he's talking about forgiveness so much, I think that for a moment they were kind of like, are you kidding me? Are you going a little far with this? It, it comes to us in Matthew uh, chapter 21, because here Jesus has been talking to them about forgiveness, and a disciple has a question for him. And here's the question. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Now, uh, I want you to get this in perspective, because here's what we're talking about. When Peter says, should I forgive up to seven times, he's not being funny about it. You see, the rabbis during this day was teaching that three times, you forgive somebody for three times, and then you don't have to forgive them anymore. So Peter was holding up his badge of holiness and he wanted to impress Jesus. So he says, well, Jesus, then how many times should I forgive? I mean, should I forgive seven times, twice the amount the rabbis say, plus one? Should I do that? What do you think, Jesus? Do you think I'm good enough to do that? Is that good? And he's expecting an answer from Jesus. And I think that the answer that Jesus gives him must have been convicting to him because it wasn't what he expected. He expected Jesus to say, don't get carried away. I mean, you don't have to do it seven times. The rabbis say three times. I mean, that should be fine. But look at what he says in verse 22. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Now, in the NIV Bible, it says 77 times. Here, I, I read the New King James Version because it says 70 times 7. But here's the point that Jesus is making. It's not how many times you forgive. It's that you should forgive every time without limit. That's the point that Jesus is getting at. And, he, and every time, you're supposed to forgive one another. And if you're like me... You find this hard to understand, don't you? I mean, if someone keeps offending me, am I supposed to just keep taking it, keep forgiving them, just keep moving on and keep pressing forward? Am I supposed to do that forever? Well, Jesus knows this is hard for people to get. So he begins to now tell a parable. He wants to tell a parable 
A parable is a story that has a purpose. It has a reason for being. He's trying to teach us a life lesson in this. And Jesus begins to tell this parable about a master who had a servant that owed him uh, like a, a hundred million dollars. They talk about it um, in Denaira, but it's like a hundred million dollars. It's an amount of money that the servant could never, ever pay in his whole life if he paid everything he earned. It, let's pick it up. Matthew 18, verses 25 through 27. Here's what it says. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had been sold to repay the debt. Verse 26. At this, the servant fell to his, on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay you back everything. He'd never be able to pay him back everything. Verse 27. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Now everybody says, okay, that's good. I don't want to hear the rest of the story. That's enough. That would be wonderful, right? I mean, if the servant went to his master after owing him all of this and his master says, you know, it's okay. You just let it go and you're okay. If you were that servant, you'd be skipping and hopping for joy and you'd be running around and kissing babies and loving everybody and doing all of that. Look at what happens because it, it's, it, it's in the story. Verse 28 through 30. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. Today's world, that's about a couple of hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, I'll pay you back. Doesn't that sound familiar? That's what he had said to his master. And now this is another servant saying this to you. Verse 30. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. What happened? How does that happen? He was just forgiven more debt than he could imagine. This guy owes him a, a, a little bit of pocket change and he wants to throw him in prison and do this. Well, people were there. They were watching. They were observing what was going on. So what do they do? They go to the master. Some Bibles say it's the king. Okay, so they go to the master and, and tell him what happened. The master says, bring that servant back in here. Verse 32 and 33. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Here's what happens next. 
Verse 34. In anger, his master handed him over to the jailer to be be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. I think that the next verse we're going to look at is the most impactful verse in the New Testament. I think it's one that we read and we don't think much about. And I think it's one that we should really think about. Matthew 18, 35. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. See, every time Jesus tells a parable, here's what we always have to ask ourselves. What represents God and what represents me? Now, in this story, the master, the king, represents God. And the unmerciful servant sometimes represents you and me. You see, in this story, it points out that God says, what did it say? Let me just read it. I want to read it the right way. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brothers and sisters from the heart. God sent his son, Jesus, to die for us on the cross, and he didn't wait for someone to say, I need your help, God. He sent his son anyway, even though we were sinners. Look, we all want justice in life. We want justice. God is a God of justice. But here's the thing. I I don't know about you. But sometimes I want justice uh, when it comes to someone who offended me. But when I'm the one doing the offending, uh, maybe I'm looking for more mercy. You know? Uh, Look at what Romans 3.23 says. For all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Now, uh, I I know this is hard to believe because I'm a pastor, I've sinned more than once in my life. Can you believe that? I know it. I know it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine, but it's true. And when I die, or when I go meet the Lord one day, I'm going to stand before him, and I'm going to give an account to my life and to what I've done and to every decision that I've made. I don't know if I'm looking forward to that or not, but here's what I know. That discussion won't be God saying, sorry, you're too bad, you're out. That discussion is going to be, why should I let you in? And I just want to tell you this. You better not answer anything except you should let me in because Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and he paid the price for my sin. Amen? See, friends, listen. That has to be your answer 
because in our own, we can't do enough. We can't do right. So, so here's what I can say. And for those of you who are watching, those of you who are here, I stand before you today forgiven. I'm not forgiven because of what I've done. I, I, I'm not forgiven because of who I am. I'm forgiven because of whose I am, who I belong to. I'm a child of God. And those of you who are here, if those of you who are watching, if you're a Christ follower today, so are you. So God wants us to know the story uh, because uh, he doesn't want us to be that unmerciful servant. He wants us to be the one who forgives like Christ has forgiven us for the sins in our lives. You ever hear of a guy named C.S. Lewis? C.S. Lewis was a, a, a writer, a preacher. Uh, here's what he says. Everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have someone to forgive. So, uh, so Jesus says, okay, you need to be people who forgive these big, hairy offenses. The kind of offenses that nobody can forgive. The kind of offenses that are in your face, stinking offenses that were meant to hurt you and destroy you. I'm talking about these really big, big, terrible things. And Jesus says, okay, forgive. And you and I say, I don't think that I can. But Jesus would never ask us to do something that he hasn't made us able to do. So this morning, listen, I want to put in front of you five things that forgiveness is not. Here's the reason, though, first. Here's the reason why. Here's the reason why um, we have a hard time forgiving someone. Number one, we have an incorrect perspective of what forgiveness is. We just don't see it correctly. We think it's a bunch of different things. So here's point A. This is the first thing that is forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not saying it's okay. Don't think for one minute when you forgive someone, it means that you're saying, it's okay. What you did to me, it's okay. You see, here's what you should know. Jesus freely forgave us. But does anybody think that Jesus said that what we did was okay? No. He doesn't say that it's okay what we did when he forgives us. You see, he forgives us of our sins. He's not saying it's okay. He's not saying, uh, don't worry about it, Bob. There's no Bobs in here, is there? No. Don't say about it. Don't worry about it, Bob. No problem. Everybody does it. No. Forgiveness is not saying it's okay. Here's what it's saying. You don't owe me. You don't owe me anything. You know? Uh, forgiveness is not, it's not okay what you did, but I'm not the one that you're going to have to pay back from. You don't owe me. 
See, it isn't saying that what you did was right, the person did was right. It's just saying that you don't have it. So that's number one. The second thing forgiveness is not is that forgiveness is not a feeling. It's not a feeling. Now, Phil, here's what most people do, Philip. Most people think, you know, one day I'm going to forgive that guy or that lady, but I just don't feel like it right now. I have to create a little space so that I feel like I want to forgive. Now, now look, uh, forgiveness is not feeling. It's not when you feel like it. The faster you can forgive someone, the quicker you can remove this bitterness from your life that has come in from this offense that has got you trapped. So uh, it's not a feeling. Uh, Here's what I know. So forgiveness is not based on a feeling. It's based on a decision that we make. It's based on a decision that we make. It's not when I feel better and I want to do it. Uh, Here's what a study says from John Hopkins University. Here's what it says. People who forgive use less medicine, they sleep better, and they report less physical complications and less illness. John Hopkins University. I love when Science says what the Bible has said all along. Don't you love that? And they sound, they act like they're so intelligent when in reality it's been in the Bible forever. And Bible says that forever. See, forgiveness is not a feeling. When Jesus was hanging on that cross, when he was beaten and battered, when he was bleeding and he had that cross sunk the, 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 the thorns in his head when he had all of that and he says Father forgive them for they not know what they do I didn't think he felt like saying that I didn't think there was a lot of that going on so feelings has nothing to do with forgiveness here's point C forgiveness is not forgetting or ignoring It's not forgetting or ignoring. See, the truth of the matter is this, and I don't know if you're going to like this or not, you may never really fully forget what someone has done to you. Work, marriage, family, whatever. Parents. You see, you may never completely forget that, but the pain would subside. The anxiety that you feel about it may start to go away. But you're probably not going to forget it completely. Now, uh, ignoring the offense, we talked about that last week. I'll spare you that. But forgiving is not ignoring either. People that have the hardest time forgiving have this problem that 
that they think that they're owed something, that they're owed something coming to them. And when that happens, you know, even, even if somebody um, tries to make it right, if you don't get rid of the bitterness, you'll still have it. But you still will. Um, forgiveness is not based on a, on a feeling. It's based on a decision, I said that. Now, forgetting and ignoring, here, here's the deal. Uh, forgiving is remembering what Jesus did for you and offering it to others. It's remembering what Jesus did for every one of us and then offering that same thing to other people. And the one who battles with this has pretty much forgotten what Jesus has done for us especially at that moment, at that moment when we're out of control. Uh, I often need someone to remind me about that. Uh, here's the fourth thing that forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not the same as trust. It's not the same as trusting. People who are thinking about forgiving, they'll say this. I know, you, I know I'm supposed to forgive them, but how can I ever trust them again? Forgiving is not trusting. It has nothing to do with trusting. You see, forgiving is way different. Uh, forgiveness can happen in a moment, and trust can happen over time. Uh, you see, it's totally different. Uh, I've known people in my life and I know people now in my life that I have forgiven in my life. But now, trusting is another story. It's a, it's, a, it's a different thing. And so God is not asking me to say, okay, I'll trust them with everything. All he's saying is that he doesn't know you. She doesn't know you. And that you need to forgive that because if you want to release the bitterness in your life, it's only going to happen through forgiveness. See, it's not about who's trustworthy. And here's the last one uh, that, that forgiveness is not. And let me tell you, it's the, it's the worst one of them all. The one that we battle with the most. Forgiveness is not dependent on someone saying, I'm sorry. Man. When I'm upset, when I've been offended, when I find myself trapped in an offense and bitter, darn it, I'll forgive you, but I want you to say I'm sorry. Eh. That's not the way. You see, Forgiveness has nothing to do with whether somebody says I'm sorry or not. Because remember, un uh, unforgiveness is this thing that we carry around with us. It's from the bitterness that has come from the offense that we have allowed to trap us. And you see, so, so when we're doing this, if we don't forgive, we stay holding on to this trap 
And if you're waiting for somebody to say, I'm sorry, here's what I'll tell you. Don't hold your breath. Because sometimes they won't. Sometimes they may never say, I'm sorry. It just may never come. I've known people that have done God-awful things, and they would rather be stabbed than to say to you, I've messed up, I'm sorry. They just won't do it. Here's what you have to know about forgiveness. I've got about, I've got about eight minutes left, so I'm doing good. Um, forgiveness only requires one person, while reconciliation requires two or more. Forgiveness only requires one person, you. You're the one who has to make the decision to forgive and to move past this because that's what God says is going to free me from the bitterness that entangles me. Believe me, I say this today, and you're watching and you're hearing, and I get it. You have a lot of things that you can be bitter about. You've had God-awful things happen to you in your life. And you just have to know that that bitterness that holds you is something that you need to get rid of. And you have to forgive to get rid of it. You have to. Romans 5, 8 says this. But God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, forgiveness is not based on someone else's I'm sorry. You have to understand that forgiveness uh, is, is something that uh, if you don't get there, it, it will allow this bitterness to just hold you back and to take you down. So what is forgiveness? Number two, point number three. Forgiveness in the Bible is the Greek word release or to let go. To release or to let go. You see, it's appropriate when it comes to this business of, of past offenses. Because sometimes these things are so hard to let go. We may try, and it's bad. It's bad. So let me ask you a question that's in your notes this morning. When you hold on to offense, who's really trapped? The one who offended you or you? And the answer, I've said it already, is you. You hear me say this, and some of you are hearing me today, some of you are watching from home today, and, and, and you think that one thing that's holding me back, or one thing that, that can be holding you back in your marriage is that you have this bitterness about something that's happened that you haven't been able to let go, and God wants to push your marriage forward but yet you are 
holding it back because you can't let go of it. Maybe you're single, and man, I've known a lot of people who are single that are really good at going on first dates. They go on a lot of first dates, but they never have second dates. And sometimes the reason why you don't have a second date is because you brought bitterness with you. And the person who is seeing it on you is saying, I don't want to get mixed up with this guy or this girl or this person. Or no, this guy or this girl. You know, let's just say it like that. You see, uh, and you'll never move past the first date until you've released the bitterness that holds you back from moving forward. Maybe you're in your career and, and you keep getting passed up for a promotion. Maybe you, you go to work and, and they, they always give someone else the, the, the job and you wonder what's going on. Well, the answer to that is, is that you brought bitterness to work with you and people see that because of the way you act, the way you talk, the things that you do and nobody wants to work with you. People are getting offended by me right now, but that's the truth, right? Here's something you need to hear that there's a child, a parent, a friend who's praying for you that one day you can release the bitterness in your life. There's somebody who's praying for you that you can do that. Because bitterness doesn't just affect you. It affects everyone around you and often the people who you love the most. I knew a lady one time who said, you know, um, my daughter is not being treated right at work. And uh, her boss just doesn't treat her right. And she says, look, my, my daughter doesn't know what to do. She's really upset over it. And I don't like the guy because I don't even know him. And I don't like the guy because of how he's treating my daughter. Here's somebody who's picking up bitterness because of how someone else is treating someone else because the person telling the story is bitter. Does this make any sense to anybody? Does it? You see, that's what, that's what, that's what happens. See, friends, if you're walking around and you're bitter, here, here's what you have to know. People need to wear masks around you because you're contagious. You rub off on people. People become bitter because you're bitter. And that's not what we're trying to do. That's not what God wants for us. It's not the life that he wants for us. You see, people find themselves bitter because they're trying all different things to get rid of the bitterness. Two minutes. Self-help books are okay, but they're not the Bible. Oprah and Dr. Phil may have great advice, but they're not Jesus. See, uh, on your own power, you'll never be able to release this bitterness in your life. It can only happen when you allow God in to lead you through this by forgiving the way Christ has forgiven us. 
Here's what you need to know as we close. Your life is too short. Your calling is too big. And God's plans for you are huge. And there's no time to spend one minute thinking about an offense that is meant to derail you from where God wants to take you. Here's what you have to know about this big offense that you have coming at you. God is bigger. He's bigger. He's bigger than the offense. It's nothing for him. So I, I want to close um, this part of the message, this part of the series, by asking you for a second, wherever it is you're at, to bow your heads with me. Will you bow your heads with me right now? And I want to invite you right now to pray. And I've actually put this sample prayer in your bulletin to take home with you because you may want to be thinking about this topic and think about someone else to pray for. So pray with me, and I'll tell you where to fill in the blanks. God, I've held on to unforgiveness against put the person's name or the offense in your mind. I'm asking you to give me strength to forgive them so that I can be freed from this trap of offense. My unforgiveness is making me bitter and it's holding me back from the future you want for me and my family. Today, I choose to forgive, put that same name in there. The same way you have forgiven me. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, when you forgive, you're not saying to someone it's okay. It's not about your feelings. It's not about forgetting or ignoring. It has nothing to do with, with the... Uh, with trust and and it doesn't depend on whether the person says I'm sorry or not see you need to just release it to God Le release this offense some of you are going to have to do it more than the one time we just did it now but however many times it takes God's listening maybe today you're watching and maybe you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Listen, this forgiveness that Christ has for us, you can never forgive someone else the same way unless you accept the forgiveness he has for us. And so don't leave today without asking him to come into your life, to guide you, to direct you. I want to invite you to pray with me right now. If everyone would pray with me as we ask Jesus to come in to your life. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. I accept you now as my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name.